0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Lance Catamaran, <laughs> Joined by the effervescent Chet Cheddarfield. Chet. She left me. She she left me for the gardener. Way to pull out of that nosedive, Chet. This is <laughs> Southpaw Regional Wrestling. <laughs> And we've got an exciting night of wrestling for you. We're going to take it over to uh, the farm of Big Bart to hear what he has to say about the chickens. Yeah, I I got chickens. We eat chickens. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I fucking love Southpaw regional wrestling. One of the best things they've done in a long time. Can I tell you the... This is how much I fucking love Southpaw Regional Wrestling. I, as a person, as far as my relationship to WWE, I feel complete. (laughs) From this point on, it's just going to be nice and I'll be excited for when good things happen, but like, I no longer feel unfulfilled personally. Like, this (laughs) This, feels like the biggest bone thrown at. Like, just, I know that it wasn't because of us, but like, in a way, it just feels like they're listening and they were like we're never going to do the crazy shit that you want to do on actual TV for various different reasons for the good ideas because it conflicts with our politics for the bad ideas because it's ridiculous but we can do all that crazy shit in one place in Southpaw Regional Wrestling <laughs> and here it is for you <laughs> and i it was so absurd and i loved every I mean, second of it <laughs> what it what it impressed me was like Ugh everyone that they got on it yeah like it wasn't just the mid-card guys like uh breeze and fandango like yeah. john cena did exactly it, the fact that Chris cena was jericho. on it was like yep like this was actually something that they you know what well, it's interesting because like they paid attention to it in that way they let cena and like jericho and all that on it but at the same time mm-hmm. like from all accounts this was pretty much just like you guys do what you want like it yeah, because like it was uh very improvised and very just kinda like loose. Luke Gallows pulls that that char- he does that character. Oh my god. On other things. Uh, it's Sex Ferguson instead of Tex Ferguson. But yeah, on uh, the okay. um if you ever watch the second uh wrestling road diaries from Colt Cabana, mm-hmm. it's uh Colt uh Gallows and um Domino, uh Cliff Compton. And the three of them are traveling down the road and stuff and Gals will just randomly break into this character, Sex Ferguson, who's just supposed to be like the <laughs> '80s wrestler guy. So it's just like, yeah, we're gonna send you down to Texas, and you'll you'll be a heel there for a while. Really build yourself up, right? And then we're gonna send you up to <laughs> Stu, and Stu's gonna stretch you, and like he'll go on for like a long time. And so when I saw him come out and they're like, Tex Ferguson, I was like, holy shit, they're just letting him be him. Like, yeah, like it's. it's I mean, we we I'm gonna want to get into a lot of the different guys, but like I think of out of anybody. Both Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson looked fucking amazing in this. Chad dude, Too Bad. Tex Ferguson and Chad Too Bad. That was so fucking good, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. that that was ten times more entertaining than the shit they do on Raw. It's like, they should just become Tex Ferguson and Chad Too Bad. <laughs> Don't you think? And they just argue about how much money they could spend. Exactly. Like, just, yeah, fuck it. Like, next week on Raw, just, like, fuck it. Just be like, we're, we're Tex Ferguson and Chad Too Bad now. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if it breaks K really, really bad. I got these blue tights, he's jealous of that. And I you're jealous of t- that.
1: <laughs> and then
0: Tex Ferguson. Ferguson. Well I got I got myself a green jacket and you can't afford it.
1: He's <laughs> like but Tex is like hey, and
0: I know you sent Greg Valentine to put me in an arm bar for two and a half hours. Now my arm is dead and useless. And I know you somehow scrounged up the money to pay off bad luck Bart to do in my other good eye. Like, oh my god, oh my god, and then the fucking like, he just starts doing all the shit like, guys, I can hear Chad in my ear. Yeah. (laughs) We're not gonna be able to compete with Vince with production values like this? Yes. Like, oh my god. This, like, I think this showed, if nothing else, these guys are fucking hilarious. And then past that, like, so many of these guys are clearly being overscripted. Yeah. Like, even, even Rusev, Fandango, Lana? Breeze, Lana. Yeah, like, all of them. Fandango even... was fantastic. <laughs> oh, my God. They're just the depressed, like, drinking guy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then, dude, I, I love so much that then on fucking SmackDown, we actually had the Lance Catamaran and Chet Chederson or Chet Cheddarfield <laughs> match. Yeah. And that fucking JBL mentioned it. He said Chet Cheddarfield. Yeah. Like, that blew my fucking mind. Like, I, I really hope that... I mean, I know well, we go against the continuity of Southpaw. Maybe. I guess they could just say they found more lost footage, but I would love yeah. for them to make more.
1: <laughs> Lethal leap year, and it's not even a leap year.
0: <laughs> it's not even a fucking leap year.
1: <laughs> we have spent weeks building up to this. this is not even a fucking leap year.
0: <laughs> Oh my god, dude! Cena was fucking hilarious in that too. Like his whole, like just <laughs> obsessed about like he was like, "God damn it, I was a lead anchor in Utica for six whole weeks, thirty six days."
1: <laughs> I remember this is that Bush time.
0: League. I remember that time I paid people to to, to, uh, <laughs> to what was it to mock me?
1: Yeah, mock me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, uh,
0: like it. It was so fucking good, like. And you know just, what? The other great part about it, it was hmm. easy to watch. It was just like four, seven to eight minute YouTube videos. Yeah, and you know what? And, like, it's I don't I don't know why they couldn't if they don't want to. Like, this would be a great idea of just something else for them to produce. As far as like, especially like filtering out different ideas from their creative, like because I know that you they like to do weird goofy shit sometimes. And sometimes the weird, goofy shit is just too weird and goofy. But it's like, hey, you know what? Now you have the place to put it. Put it in Southpaw. You know, like, it could be, like, a weekly show or something they do. And it could still just be, like, the same length. Like, you know, five to ten minutes or something like that. And, you know, you do all the crazy, goofy shit you want. You can, you know, obviously add in more of the roster. So then you've just got, like, all these different characters. Like, it would be awesome. And it's the perfect thing because it's just talking. There's Mm -hmm. no wrestling. It's literally just putting guys out there on the mic and letting them do their thing. Exactly. And I was thinking in particular, you know who would fit perfectly coming back to WWE in the Southpaw Regional Wrestling Universe? Uh, I'm not sure. The Hardys. Oh, my God. (laughs) That is the perfect place to stick those guys. Stick that version of the Hardys, like the broken, crazy-ass Hardys, in Southpaw. That's where they belong. Like, can you imagine that? That'd be awesome. I'm just trying to imagine and it And it fits with that character, too, because they claim that they can travel through time. Exactly. And then because this is the way you get the best of both worlds out of those guys. Because then you can do all that crazy shit and put it in the place it's supposed to go. And then you can do the thing that WWE would want to do, which is bring back the Hardy Boys and do that on regular WWE TV. Mm-hmm. So there you go. You get the Hardy Boys and you get Broken Matt Hardy and Brother Nero. And Vanguard One and all that shit. You get both. That's why they need to keep either Southpaw or something like it. I think they should definitely keep on with Southpaw. I mean, I think the so popularity too. is is great. The Everyone loves it. Like... It's just perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, I wonder if like, if they wanted to bother uh, paying attention to the continuity. Would then everything else have to be a prequel? Or would like Southpaw have to have then get like resurrected at some point? Like, they postponed Lethal Leap Year like, enough years until it was finally a leap year? And then they're picking yeah. up from there? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, the promotion was dead for, like, like, three years or something? Either that or, like, we got more funding from some, like, anonymous banker. and. <laughs>
2: Or We're able to keep or like going.
0: fucking Mister McElroy is able to like buy off the government and change the calendar <laughs> and make this year the leap year, <laughs> so, so he could have the sea creature kill Big Bart. <laughs> he doesn't have to wait.
1: And then what was what was the Luchador?
0: Uh oh shit. Uh, was it El's, like, was like It was like the mustache or something, wasn't he? <laughs> I try to remember what the fuck he was. El something grande. Oh my god. Because I'm trying to remember, was that Seth Rollins was the luchador? I think so. It's just him running back and forth in a hallway in a mess. Yeah. Mas rapido. <laughs> <laughs> just to say, it was just saying random Spanish words. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, and man. And then, oh, my God, did you, how about a fucking Ric Flair with those KFC segments?
1: <laughs> this yeah. is not Ric Flair. This is a Ric Flair impersonator.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on down to the KFC near the high school and you get to see all the Oh my god. And, and then... hold on, isn't that the genius of it too? Like that's all this was. Like was KFC was like, help us promote this thing and they came up with Southpaw. Oh, is that where it came from? Yeah. Or huh. or either that they came up with Southpaw and then KFC was like, we want to get in on it. So one of those ways. Okay. So the yeah, the ads were legitimate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I I figured it was just the latter, that it was, like, you know, something else they're doing, and it's like, hey, we can squeeze some KFC ads in here and get some more KFC money. Definitely. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then, man, what did you think of, um, actually, because one of the other things I thought was very interesting was kind of the meta character that TJ Perkins had of just kind of, like, this, like, non-charismatic, no-descript champion. Like... I'm wondering whether he realized that it was meta or if he didn't. Because if he didn't, then that's really sad. But if he does realize it, then that's fun that he can poke fun at himself. I think it was probably the poking fun. I hope so. I think so, and I hope so. But yeah, I'm just trying to imagine, like, man, wouldn't that really suck if, like, he didn't realize that that was, like, a rib? (laughs) It might have been him that came up with it. I mean, I think he had to have known. Because, like, there's no way that your guy's like, oh, I'm John Johnson. And, like, the whole entire thing is about, like, get some charisma, son. Like, yeah, he has to know. That. Get some of that charisma. It's the wrestling business. <laughs> charisma. Man, that that boy needs a <laughs> heel turn. His glasses. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Was he not trying to look like Jim Cornette a little bit, you think, with those glasses? Oh, I think so. And then, um... <laughs> oh, uh... Fandango's Dango's character. Ch- was, yeah. Oh uh, what? Gordon Sully was mm. who he was kind of based off of, I think. Because yeah. he used to like drink while he was announcing and stuff. <laughs>
1: Susan, oh wait.
0: Me Speaking back. of Jim Cornette though, he's gonna okay. be inducting the Rock and Roll Hall's, uh Rock and Roll Express into the Hall of Fame. Huh. Okay. I'm surprised I that do- he agreed to like appear like at all? Like I'm surprised that and I'm surprised the WB invited him. <laughs> like Yeah, that's that's the other half of it, right? That was a that was a huge shocker to me this week. Huh? Well, that'll be cool to see. Oh, yeah. I, I mean no one else would have made any more sense, so that was yeah. a
1: good move by them.
0: Yeah. Although uh to 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 bring it back to a move that really made no sense to me. Um why did they have Foley appear in the beginning of Raw this week? Like, wouldn't it make all the sense in the world if, like, you've been attacked by your employer, you don't come back to work next week?
1: Yeah. And if you've attacked
0: them back, like, you just don't come back to work next week, right? Like, that's it. That was a theme of of this, wasn't it? Because SmackDown yeah. had AJ just appear right away at the beginning. Yeah. Although, at least with that one, that made sense because Shane was like, you know, we're still going to have the match and whatnot. So, at least there was a reason for that one, even though it was still kind of weird. Yeah, I I just would have liked more build-up to it. Yeah, like if he had been out for a week or two, or at least he had been out this week, and then Shane could have done the promo, and then they could have, you know, gotten physical this coming week Mm -hmm. as, like, the go-home show. Yeah, that would have made more sense. Oh, well. It's not a big deal. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was just kind of weird that they bothered to bring Foley out here, especially because, like, the the him leaving moment, like, I liked his whole interaction with Sammy, so I was kind of okay with it because I thought that was good for Sammy. Mm-hmm. But, like, as far as the moment for Foley leaving, I thought it would have been a lot just better moment if it had been last week. What do you think? Yeah, Um. but it would. the one thing I did like about that the shot of him like walking through and saying bye to everyone just triple H at the end. I thought was great. Yeah. They have a nice day. Yeah. Yeah. That with, was pretty like, good. In just the most like assholeish way he could. It, oh, it was so perfect. Mm-hmm.
1: And I did and so, yeah. like
0: his little interaction with Bailey. Like I thought that was good. Yeah. And, but uh, the one thing I loved is how he told Sam's, he's like, it was kind of stupid to do what you did, but thank you. <laughs> Well, yeah, but that's kind of like Sami Zayn's thing. He's not the the most intelligent sort of, you know, guy in the world, but he's got a lot of heart. Yeah. Um, But definitely... Actually, I wonder, like, with him coming out and confronting Stephanie, like, do you think this is, like, a start of him potentially? Like, do you think WWE is going to potentially, like, push him towards a mid-card title, like, actually give him sort of a push? Or was this just kind of like, we're going to give him the spotlight a little bit this week, but... I think it could be like he's going to be one of the guys that's always the counter to the um, heel GMs kind of a thing. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just trying to think like authority. That's what I was trying to think. Yeah, because like I'm trying to think like what his overall direction is right now because he's he's like I think one of the weirdest cases right now of just like this guy who has a lot of potential and actually is really clearly like capitalized on that potential in this first year on the main roster but just like that he doesn't have any direction whereas a lot of I think other people just have some uh, direction you have a good bit of directionless guys right now though because what do you do with him for wrestlemania what do you do with joe what do you do with stroman yeah i mean there's a couple but yeah they'll probably all end up in the battle royal i'm just trying to think like long term because it's like obviously Strowman is like he's just going to keep dominating people and he's probably gonna have a world title before long mm-hmm. um and then joe obviously is going to be aff- affiliated with like triple h and that you know uh stable so he's got stuff to do but like Sami Zayn, it's like they need to latch him onto something and i honestly think it'd be a lot really good for him to come over to smackdown after the draft and get the intercontinental title like i think that would be the spot for him yeah because I, I think that spot either has to go to Zayn or cesaro <laughs> And I guess right yeah. now they they probably want to keep running with Cesaro and Sheamus, so you know, yeah, to They they had that nice moment with uh, Foley too, so mm-hmm. yeah. So in that at, at least uh, structurally, I liked what that segment did because it set up the rest of the episode. Because like you know, all those people who had a segment with Foley had a match.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know Zayn obviously was before, but then yeah, the Cesaro and Sheamus, and then when although fucking what a shit match. That stupid match with Cesaro and Sheamus, and oh yeah, that was bad. Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows and Enzo and Cass, like Jesus Christ, are the club the dumbest fucking tag team in WWE. <laughs> yes, you, that's not you, rhetorical. You, are they? You, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, if you if you attack your own partner, right, like. Like, in in a situation of, like, hey, if we don't win this match, these guys get put into our WrestleMania match. Yeah. Hey, maybe we should focus on winning this one. No, let's just attack our own guys. Yeah, fuck that. (laughs) Winning this match wasn't important. And you had a fucking four-on-two advantage. Like, what the fuck? How do you fuck that (laughs) up? (laughs) Yeah, that was bad. Oh, my gosh. Like, I just... They're so stupid. They deserve to lose the titles now. Like, at this point, it's like, you guys are too stupid. You do not... Like, it doesn't even make sense for you to have the title. I think the title is definitely switching now. Put him on Enzo and Cass? Probably. But here's the question. Do you think it happens at WrestleMania or the Raw after? Does it really matter? I mean, not a whole lot in the grand scheme of things, but... What, what is your sense? Because I, I kind of think that it would be like they get him at WrestleMania and then you can have a rematch on the Raw after. Yeah, I think just do it at WrestleMania. I don't think either one makes a difference because the tag titles are, are so cold right now. Yeah. So this would be something to help potentially give it a boost, especially if the match is really good. And if they can have a good segment in the go home Raw next week, mm. then maybe they could make this win really mean something. Although, I think the biggest thing is going to be if the Raw after WrestleMania, because this is, I think, why it would be good to have them win at WrestleMania, then at the Raw after WrestleMania, you can have Enzo just cut a motherfucking promo to just, you know, kill everybody's heart and just be like, you know, fuck, I finally achieved something in my life. Like, you know, give one of those fucking promos of, like, Enzo finally feels validated and Big Cass finally feels validated as a human being, like... Obviously more emotional than that, like, not as scientific as I'm describing it as, like, <laughs> I feel validated as a human being. <laughs> yeah, that's that's Miz's uh, impression of Cena. <laughs> oh my god, that was so good. Thank you, people. I feel validated. <laughs> we do this because it makes us look better on TV. <laughs> tisk tisk, Nikki. Do not ask me to advance your career on camera. Bad Nikki. Oh my gosh, um... What the fuck was I talking about before we went into that? (laughs) Were we talking about the Uh, tag team scene? Yes, Enzo and Cass. So, then I think, yeah, you cut the big promo on the Raw after WrestleMania. Yeah. The, you know, the boyhood dream promo or whatever. The boyhood dream has come true. It has come true. These boys and their dreams, it is happening. Uh, Let's see, I think. Oh, my gosh. Uh... (laughs) I wanted to point out a fucking really quick missed opportunity. Um where there was a segment where Triple H was like talking with Michael Cole in the mm-hmm. sit down interview. How well, the that was fuck... a great promo by Triple H. It was really good. But I cannot believe he did not say Seth screwed Seth. Like <laughs> how did he not do that? That would have been the perfect parody line. I think I think that's showing Triple H has power of events because you know Vince would want to put that line in every moment that he can and it, Triple H was a part of the screw job, and him and Sean have both said how they're tired of hearing about it mm. tired of references to it so I think Triple H was just like no Vince
1: <laughs>
0: we're past it that's a good point I hadn't even thought of that you, yeah that's what I thought of right away okay yep that that makes sense well alright thank you for invalidating my point <laughs> <laughs> I just fucked up. <laughs> well, fuck. <laughs> fuck me sideways. <laughs> no, that's um, good though, because now it's like, all right, well, that's a really good reason to have not said it. <laughs> yeah. I, that, I mean, I could be completely wrong, but that was just my thinking. <laughs> Cause I, have seen both of them say they're like, oh, the fucking screw job. Like, <laughs> yeah. Although, all right. The other thing I have to say about that fucking segment though, is what a fucking clunky ass way. For Triple H to get to his evil plan, like why did he even bother first doing that whole thing of like, hey, give these tickets to Seth Rollins? Oh yeah, wait, and then don't do that. Maybe I could get a sh- like, <laughs> like why well, did he you just... have the was the doctor segment first? Yeah. So you had Seth Rollins cannot perform at WrestleMania. Yeah, and then Triple H comes out and goes, Seth won't be at WrestleMania, but here's these tickets. But he might be able to get to face me at WrestleMania. <laughs> wait, what? Like, why didn't Triple H, like, it would have been perfect to you. He comes out, he's doing the beginning part of his promo, and then he could just go into saying, like, hey, Seth Rollins, I know that you can't compete at WrestleMania, but I know that you think that you could still fight and beat me. And you know what? I know that that's not true, because, you know what? You couldn't beat me even if you were ready to go, but I'd be willing to fight you. But, you know, unfortunately, WWE, we can't just clear you to fight if you're not medically cleared to fight. But... Who's to say that uh, maybe we meet backstage at WrestleMania? And who's to say maybe we don't fight? You know, something like that goad him into yeah. that of, like, a fight that's just not sanctioned. Like, yeah, why didn't you just do that? Instead of this weird, stupid, convoluted shit that, like, felt super convoluted because there was no, like, logical leap for him to get from, here, give him these tickets to, wait, oh, wait, I have this evil plan now.
1: <laughs> wait, unsanctioned match. Yeah,
0: like, oh, wait, no, scratch that. <laughs> Let's do this. Ugh. Like, I wanna know who wrote that and just slap him across the face and be like, No. No. Continuation, motherfucker. It's like, do you do you understand how to write anything? <laughs> like, you have to make the, the dots connect. Give Ugh. them a connect the docs book. <laughs> yeah. Here. You have to go from one to two to three? <laughs> Can't go to five, bitch. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, The only other note I have from Raw is uh, Nia Jax finally joins the women's match. Oh, that cannot be your only other note. How can you not have some notes about the real face of Kevin Owens? Oh, true. Oh, almost forgot about that segment. (laughs) Man, that was an awesome segment. Yeah. Uh, This is great with Jericho pulling out the picture of Kevin Owens. Uh, doing his pose with a Jericho T-shirt on and a Jericho poster on his wall, yeah, uh, like, and also comparing <laughs> his poster to like this other girl's poster that was there, like, oh yeah, it was like probably like a Pam Anderson poster or something, <laughs> yeah, and he was just like, and I'm hotter than her, <laughs> uh, and then pulling up, I love that it wasn't just that. Then he pulls up the DMs from just a couple of years ago, yeah. And he's just like, Kevin Owens asked me for advice. And it was just all about, I'm afraid of pissing people off. And Jericho's like, well, just do what you keep, you did to get here. like, <laughs> Yeah, like they signed you for a reason. Yeah. Be confident. So yeah, like it, it is really interesting, like the direction this is heading of him. Yeah, obviously there is kind of that anger of like, you betrayed me. But then there's this, you know, the mind games and the psychological part of playing Kevin Owens as you're just the fan. Like you're just that kid still. Yeah, and getting into the head of, like, I'm way above your level. Like, you may think you're at the top now, but I'm way above you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, you know, I like that he even, like, you laid into, like, specifically how he feels like it's going to play out in the match. That it's like, you know, you're going to be out there. You're going to feel feeling confident. You think you're hot shit. But then right when you hear the, break the walls down, like, you're going to become that 16-year-old kid. Yeah, fighting his idol, and you're going to be just, like, losing. Like, you're not going to be able to be here. You're not going to be able to concentrate, and I'm going to beat you. Yeah, you're going to be just one of the fans. Right. And another lo- way, too, like, I really like that this is – it's almost kind of like a weird continuation spiritual successor to HBK versus Y2J at WrestleMania. Yeah, very true. You know, it's kind of this, like, you know, the idol and the fan – And the young guy is the heel, and he's trying to take out his older idol. Like, Mm -hmm. it's very, like, I view this as the spiritual successor to that match. I'm upset. I didn't even think of that. (laughs) But that's very true. There we go. um, We fill in our weaknesses. You know, I I thought of that. You think of the whole Triple H thing, why he didn't say Seth Groot Seth. Together, we're one whole person. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) We're one whole wrestling person. Yeah, that it's it's basically a mirror image. It's funny. Cause now Jericho's on the face side of it, whereas then he was the heel side. Right. See, so, yeah, I wonder I wonder if uh Jericho thinks about this at all and whether he's gonna throw in any like callbacks to that match. Yeah, is Owens going to uh like knee him in the nuts at the end. <laughs> that could be. I could definitely see that. Yeah. They hug and then boom. Although honestly at the end of it, I just rather than any sort of hug, I just want Kevin Owens to fucking destroy Chris. <laughs> like just power bomb a bunch of times, like through the like maybe through the table, onto the apron, something. I want it to be vicious. I want this to be just like an absolutely dominant fucking heel victory. hmm Uh did oh. you have anything else? Actually from- I did. Okay, almost forgot. Ahead. What'd you think of how the new day handled the scandal that was in the news this week? Oh man, well, I, I... this is such a weird scandal. Like it's just so weird to me that it's even a scandal. Yeah, you know, I, like... I think we're gonna. I think we are gonna completely agree on this. Because it's like, look, she. The time that this happened, this was like, what, back in NXT days? Like, you know, she wasn't, from my knowledge, she wasn't in a relationship with anybody. You mm-hmm. know, like, nobody in that group of people was, like, cheating on anybody. It's just whatever. It's like, you know, young people, they're having sex. They wanted to film it, whatever. And, you know, it's unfortunate that whoever fucking took it or leaked it or whatever that they did. But, like, I don't know why anybody would look at Paige negatively for this. Like, that the fact that she has faced any sort of, like, hate or... Anything for this is just is mind-boggling to me. Yeah, and I, I I love the attacks that they're like. Well, if Paige gets in trouble, then like sh- so should Xavier Woods or something like. Basically, how they worded it was just like the woman should get in trouble first, rather than the guy. And I was just like, no, like they sh- neither of them should get in trouble first of all like with the company the only thing and i i I heard uh there was like a rumor that there was a meeting at raw where they said just like the seth rollins um nude leaks Mm -hmm. um they're just gonna let this blow over and that the only the only way they'll act on it is if like a sponsor like gets really upset or something like that right yeah of course if something like that happened but yeah, it's like, honestly, it's like, why the fuck would anybody want to punish any of these people? Like, the only yeah. reason that, like, if one of them was the one who leaked it, like, if they intentionally, like, put it online, then it's like, yeah, punish them for that stupid shit. Because it's like, yeah. now you're putting out nude photos of yourself for, like, kids to potentially stumble on when they're Googling your name because they're your fans. Like, that would be something to get in trouble for. But, like, obviously, they aren't the ones who leaked it, I assume. Yeah. You know, so then it's like, why the fuck would they get in trouble? It's just dumb. Uh, but I thought the New Day handled it really well. Yeah, you thought they did well with it? Yeah. Just a real quick, do you have anything to say? And then just cut right into WrestleMania promo. Yep. <laughs> like, just... Perfect. Moving right along. Hey, yep. we're the hosts of WrestleMania. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- I think my only last thing from uh, Raw this week was that I... I think one of the really important things that they need to do probably this year for the brand extension as far as, like, uh, drafting, I think it'd be a really good idea for them to separate Reigns and Strowman because, like, that's clearly a match that they're going to go back to as, like, one of their big money matches, like, for years and years to come. So we need to make sure they don't we don't get burned out on it. And if they're together this next year on Raw, you, you know they're going to fight a lot. Like, you know they're going to feud or something. Mm -hmm. So I think they need to get separated for this next year to make sure that when they eventually do come back and fight again. Because, like, they've already fought twice. And they're kind of feuding right now. So, like, you know, uh, I can just imagine that when they're warming Reigns up to fight Lesnar, I'm assuming by, like, SummerSlam, Strowman's probably going to be that guy that they use again. And it's like, man, they're going to burn us out on that match again. So I think they need to... Separate those two to make sure we don't get burned out on that match. Yeah, and uh, there's rumors that Reigns is going to SmackDown after WrestleMania for the draft. Hmm. So okay. WWE heard you in the future and <laughs> is acting on it. All right. Good job. Good job, guys. Think ahead. <laughs> Maybe. Although, I guess we'll see. But then, you know what? That makes me sad because then it's like, well... Alright, I guess Bray Wyatt's title reign is going to be as long as until Reigns fights him. (laughs) So, then Reigns will just be the world champion on SmackDown. But, you know what? Fuck. With how much better SmackDown is and the writing team and stuff, maybe they'll figure out how to use Reigns. Do you think... Maybe. Maybe there's hope. Oh my gosh. Maybe there's hope. Maybe they just need to put them with good writers, and then they can figure it out. Joe, is it possible? It is possible, because SmackDown is the better brand. Yeah, like, shit, and this year, SmackDown made, like, all sorts of fucking people interesting. They made Cena interesting. They made AJ Styles interesting. Bray Wyatt. Randy Orton. Luke Harper. Dean Ambrose. Like, even to limited extents... And times, like, Dolph Ziggler, up The biz, like, they made a lot of fucking people look good this year. Mm-hmm. I think. So, shit, maybe they'll figure it out. Speaking of SmackDown, though, uh, what did you think of American Alpha and uh, The Usos this week? Very surprising. Title switch. Yeah, uh... it, it felt really surprising at first. But I was starting to think about it, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, care to elaborate? <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking, all right, so the way that their, their feud as, as like you, you have to look at it from long term has been set up was that one of the first things he did was they injured Chad Gable. Right? Mm-hmm. Like he took out his knee and then they fought for a little bit and then they were kind of feuding with different people and now they're feuding again and this time it's for the titles. Now, Jason Jordan just got married. So he's probably going to want to go on a honeymoon. So, I'm thinking what you do, they just drop the titles. Then you rematch them at WrestleMania. You have the American Alpha lose again, but have like an injury angle in it. Injure Mm -hmm. Jason Jordan this time, you know, kayfabe wise. He's not really injured. Yeah. So then he can go on a honeymoon for a couple weeks. And then he can come back. And then they can, you know, pick back up the feud while Chad Gable's kind of holding down the fort for a couple weeks, maybe doing some singles fights. Bada bing, bada boom. I like it. I think it makes sense. Yeah. And I think Chad could do well to do some uh, singles run, get some practice in. Yeah, exactly. I'd love to see it. You know, whether it's just him fighting the Usos a couple times or if it's him fighting a few other people. like, Yeah, let me see some Chad Gable singles. Also, Chad Gable pulling out a moonsault this week. Yeah, that was a fucking nice moonsault. That was actually a really good match between those teams. Like, They have a lot of good chemistry, oh, yeah. I think. uh uh-huh. And they're one of the best feuding tag teams right now in the company. Besides yeah, NXT. Yeah. And like they specifically match up very well, I think, specifically even in size. Cause like uh yeah, you know, the Usos are both like bigger than Chad Gable, but they're both like a little bit less strong than Jason Jordan. Like they're kind of about the same size as him, but he's stronger than they are. I was gonna say they're they're like the average of Jason Jordan and Chad Gable. <laughs> yeah yeah because they have like more of that speed and high flying aspect that like chad gable has a little bit of Mm -hmm. but yeah they have a little more of that size so yeah they're right in between so they match up very very well because then like jason jordan can do his power stuff on them and it looks good but then chad gable still has to be smaller than them and he can still do his quickness and technical stuff on them Mm -hmm. so both of their skills match up on the opponent i agree um. Uh, yeah. Let's see. What was the next thing from SmackDown this week? Oh yeah. I was just gonna. I already talked about it though. The Lance Catamaran and Chet Cheddarfield. But. Uh. Yeah. I was just gonna say. Uh. What do you think of Tyler Breeze's uh Nikki Bella dress up? I thought this was really fucking stupid for him to dress up as Nikki Bella and then have like and not have Fandango dress up as Cena. Like... Yeah, and especially if you're gonna have the um segments later with Miz and Maurice. Right. Like, either have both of them dress up or neither. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, as far as, I mean, uh, Fandango and uh, Breeze. Yeah. But, yeah, that was just... And then, oh, my gosh, holy shit. With, like, the spot for the finish of that match, like, how much are they telegraphing that that's going to be the end of the Miz and Breeze match? Because, like, that's the second time they've done that spot now. Of, like, they both hit the AA or the Rack Attack, whatever, and then they both go into the STF. Mm Mm-hmm. Like... That, I I think it's yeah. It's that's how it's gonna the, end. <laughs> yeah, they're they're planning it in the audience's minds now, and like, oh, what an overly like a uh, sports entertainery sort of ends to a wrestling match. Like, can you orchestrate a more ridiculous choreographed end? No, <laughs> for this couples match. Like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be just like nauseatingly bad. <laughs> But, like, the build has been so fucking fun. Like, Miz and Maurice, I think, were on point yet again this fucking week with their impressions. Oh, yeah. What did you think of those? Those were fucking hilarious. They had me laughing out loud. That's how good they were. <laughs> Especially, the fucking, like, all the John Cena house rules. Yeah, the house rules, and just, like, saying out loud, like, uh, like, we do this so that we seem more personable to people. Like... <laughs> Yeah, we have our foods made by servants, but we don't show them on camera because it makes us unrelatable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And then it's like, you know, and here's our, our TV bedroom, but I actually sleep down the hall. And she sleeps, like, in the garage or something. <laughs> oh my god. Shit is oh, hilarious. And, oh, and I love how he kept bringing out rings or, like, mentioning the ring. Yeah. Yeah, just all the different fucking puns for in the. Oh, let's tie the knot. (laughs) This is why I need Velcro shoes. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Like, and it's so fucking funny because it's like they set up a segment like this, and it's like, what can Nikki Bella and Cena honestly say about Miz and Maurice in return? That's like even half as true and as bad as what they've said about them. Nothing. Like Miz and Maurice are. It's ridiculous how good they are as a couple because they are literally that couple that you hate because you're just like, oh, they're both like wealthy and like stars and race is really hot. (laughs) And but like when you see them together, you're like, holy shit, they actually love each other. Like this isn't one of those fake Hollywood marriages. Mm. So it's like, what can you fault them for? Yeah, especially if it's, it's like, like, because even if you can fault them for a few, like, I don't know, semi-normal things, it's, like, the amount of shit that is, like, stacked against Nikki and Cena is... Oh, it far outweighs. Yeah, like, they're... I mean, in a lot of aspects, like, they kind of are shitty people. Or at least, I'll say this. Nikki seems like a shitty person. Cena is just really neurotic and weird to me. Yeah. Like, so that's not shitty. It's just, like, man, you're such a fucking weirdo. Like... (laughs)
1: But hey, he like problems,
0: whatever, man. He's got enough money to be a weirdo. Like, <laughs> that's fine. You know he'll he'll find a woman. To, like, clearly he has found a woman who will just subject herself to all his shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so clearly it's working for him. Uh, but yeah, like Nikki, just it seems to me like she just seems like a really shitty person. And just in that, like she she seems very like self centered and um, you know, Stupid. is. Like, it is somebody who, I mean, it's stupid, but then it's also, like, manipulative to the point of, like, you know, obviously using people for her career and using it to, like, the detriment of other people. Like, it's not just I'm advancing myself, but I'm putting somebody else down. Yeah. Like, just that sort of person kind of disgusts me, so. Yeah, I just, this I think it's weird uh, that, you know, she's the, apparently the face. <laughs> uh, I like that. Little shot by Maurice too. She's like, we hold people down, like young. Yeah, we hold down the young talent. Mhm. Oh my gosh. Um, let me see. Oh yes. Wyatt segment. Um, that little uh evil tennis racket thing that Wyatt like blessed Randy Orton with. <laughs> what the fuck? That thing looked like shit, oh my God, but he has the power like now there's no weaknesses. just use your hand if you have a prop that shitty, just use your fucking hand, like how the fuck w w e is better than that. come on, <laughs> come You're on better than that <laughs> you guys are better than that. that was really bad. I was like, you gave that job to a sixth grader. (laughs) What the fuck? I don't know. But, I mean, overall, I I like that they're finally bringing back uh, some of his cult aspect of, like, yeah, uh, if he's a cult leader, why wouldn't he be ambushing people with, like, a crowd of people all the time? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, this is the sort of shit that's finally, like, oh, yeah, okay, Bray Wyatt's finally doing, like, shit that Bray Wyatt would do. You know, it's about fucking time. What do you think? I agree. And I like that they, uh, uh, mate, like had those extras there too. So it's like, yes, he is a cult leader because he does control a lot more people than what you usually see. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's actually, um, it actually might work better, at least for a little while. You know, who knows what their deal is with uh Eric Rowan when he comes back. I don't know if he's going to be back with Wyatt or if he's going to maybe hook up with Luke Harper. But um, yeah, like for a while, it might be nice to just kind of have him do the extras instead of having a regular individual follower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, might work pretty well. But uh, having mentioned Luke Harper, what do you think of his weird little promo that he did? <laughs> uh, I liked it. I thought that it gave him a good shot in the arm after they've kind of, like, kind of, I felt, like, forgotten about him. What did you like about it? I think it gives him a new direction. Like, just to chase uh, Bray Wyatt? Yeah, and I think it it's separated from the, the Bray Wyatt, like, the Wyatt family character that he had before. I suppose, but then like what in your opinion is his character now because I'm trying to figure it out from this and I don't really quite know. I... Cuz like clearly they're trying to put him in a new direction, but I'm just trying to like are they have like the, the new shirt on, he has like his hair tied back now. He's like talking a lot longer and more eloquently, but like he still kind of stares at light bulbs and is talking about vanquishing evil and it's like what who the fuck is this guy now? I mean, they could go with that like um people that are in a cult for a while like when they first get back into society they have those that weird transition right yeah so they could do that i suppose i just i guess i kind of like i don't want him to tie his hair back that just seems Mm -hmm. like that's not a good look for him because i feel like he still needs to be kind of a wild man and Mm -hmm. you know maybe if it's just that like okay i've broken away from harper or uh, i've broken away from wyatt but like you know, I'm still kind of who I am, which is kind of like a crazy weird guy. But, yeah, maybe even if you want to eventually get to whatever the fuck they're trying to do now, like maybe make that gra- process more gradual. It just it seems like a lot all of a sudden for me. Yeah. And it seems to like I don't know where it's coming from and I don't know where it's going. And I just I don't feel good about it yet. So I'm just worried <laughs> about it because I feel like if they fuck this up, they could really damage Harper. Because he's Mm. one of those guys that it's, like, he really has, like, a weird look. So, like, if he's got a shot right now, he might not get another shot. As far as, like, being pretty over with the crowd. Yeah. So, it's, like, you need to do it right now. Otherwise, it's going to probably taper off, I would assume. Just because, like, they have so many fucking talented guys now that it's, like... If you kind of miss the boat, then, at least for a little while, like, you're probably not going to get another shot at the boat. Yeah, but I think he can make the best of this. Totally. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, like, thinking that he's over yet, but I'm just, I'm just worried that they're going to fucking, like, take this. Because I feel like they don't need to change him that much. It's just mm. that he's not affiliated with Wyatt now. And it's just you do some little tweaks. And I feel like they're trying to do a lot of tweaks. And it's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? He was pretty fine as he was. He didn't need mm-hmm. to do a lot. Because <laughs> like, I don't really think he needed to change at all. Do you? Uh, I think he needed to break away a little bit from the Wyatt family characteristics. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, yeah, I think he was fine. Yeah, I guess. Although... Now, I'm trying to think about it a little bit more now. And I think he could have maybe kept a little bit more like that, the backwoodsy and like the bayou sort of feel because Wyatt is starting to transition like a little bit more and more into like that satanic cultish feel. So, so he, he could, could do, he could still do the swamp thing. and Yeah. So he could still be like that swamp weird backwoods guy. And then like Wyatt could be like the satanist. Mm-hmm. So then it's like different, but like kind of, yeah, obviously they came from similar roots, and anybody who knows the story would know their affiliation, kind of like The Undertaker and Kane. Because I still think that's kind of like what they should try to emulate a mm-hmm. lot with like these two guys. It's like, you know, why it's like that the A guy in that like dark, weird heel. But then Luke Harper is like the secondary one. So yeah. You can kinda of plug into a lot of different places. Like I think that that image makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. For these guys. Um, it's a, do you have anything else from SmackDown? No, that was it for SmackDown for me. Um, Let's see. I guess I have one question for you I just thought of now. Um, yeah. Do you think that they gave uh, Shane McMahon too much of an, a one-up on AJ Styles this week? No, because Shane, uh, AJ killed him last week, so I think he needed to... Yeah, like, do you think that uh just given the fact that like cuz last time like AJ's attack on him was like a total surprise and this time like Shane it wasn't that much of like a surprise so it, like he got the upper hand more legitimately do do you think that it was too fair like do you think it made AJ look bad or do you think he's fine no i think AJ's fine okay especially with how bad Shane throws a working punch that's true like as far as like a guy who's like about 50 and is like supposed to be just a like, a, a corporate guy, like, he does throw a pretty good-looking punch. I gotta say. Like, you, you just wouldn't think it, right? Yeah. Especially because he hasn't been doing... It's not like he's been wrestling this entire time. Sure, he has been away for a long time. You know, like, he had the the part of that match at Survivor Series, and then he had the Ratchet WrestleMania, but then before that, he wasn't wrestling for, like, you know, at least five or so... What, seven almost a decade or was it more than a decade before the wrestlemania match last year yeah it was like seven years okay yeah so almost a decade um okay yeah so if that's it for smackdown then over to 205 live oh man i barely got through the show really i really liked this episode of 205 oh my I like. I thought. I thought that was a really good win for uh, Tony Nice over T.J. Perkins. Like, I thought he looked good. Like, it was actually a pretty fucking good match, too. Yeah, I so that that was a slight high point for me. But just like the stuff with Akira Tazawa and Brian Kendrick is getting absolutely boring to me. Yeah, it's gone on a little too long. Like Tazawa like, needs to get him the lessons and stuff. And then I feel like Akira just like the whole passport thing was so dumb. I thought the passport one was kind of clever. It just it's just it's just gone on too long at this point. Yeah, like especially if it had been uh, like if they put up a situation of like, oh well, we were supposed to have our match tonight, but guess what? Kira Tazawa couldn't make it because I stole his passport. <laughs> like that would have been kind of good, but yeah, it, it's just gone on a little bit too long at this point. Like Tazawa needs to need to have gotten his hands on him. And then same thing with uh, Noam Dar and the alicia fox thing Mm, like the entire alicia fox thing or just this thing they're doing right now with him and rich swan where like they're sending the gifts this the sending of the gifts like it's happened for so many weeks now it just seems Mm -hmm. like the reason i think this this show was so hard to get through is just it just feels like i'm watching the same show just like slightly tweaked each week yeah because it's like they keep it, it feels like they're kind of in that holding pattern Yeah, Yeah. because it's like they need to get to WrestleMania so that they can do the Neville and Austin Aries match, and then they can start moving some of their other storylines again. For some reason, it kind of seems like they're stuck. Yeah. Actually, where is he? Yeah, like honestly, they should be finishing up some of their other storylines now, like their B and C storylines, that they can after WrestleMania be like, all right, we're fresh, we can put new storylines together. Yeah, because after Neville and Aries, who would you say is next in line? Well, that's that's kind of why I think Nice got this win. I think Nice is being really to he's starting to okay. I think he's going to be groomed into potentially like the one of the next challengers for cuz I think Aries is going to take the title from Neville. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think Nice is going to be one of the guys that challenges uh needs the heel. Maybe they're going to try and build up Gulak at this point cuz they're starting to give him a direction. So maybe Gulak will be built up um, or you could turn TJ Perkins heel. Um the other thing I've been thinking, though, is like clearly they're building Tozawa towards something, but I think it could be like he could maybe feud with Neville after um, Ares. Yeah, you don't want him jumping too soon at the title. Yeah, so I think actually that could be... Actually, fuck, I would love to see that. After uh, mm-hmm. he takes out Kendrick, then put together Tozawa and Neville, maybe after Neville is finished with uh, Ares for the time being. Yeah. That'd be killer. I'd like to see that. But yeah, you know, it's like they got a lot of talented guys in that division. They just they're starting to kind of, I think, get some of their footing, at least a little bit, like because I think Neville was the first guy that they really knew what they were doing as far as what he's supposed to be as the champion. Mm-hmm. Because before, I would, T.J. Perkins was like, all right, well, he's the guy who won the tournament, so I guess he has to be the champion. And then it was like, well, shit, I guess we, well, I it was weird because with brian kendrick then they needed to put him on almost because like the story they were building was like fuck if he doesn't win like <laughs> he's like a dead man apparently mm-hmm. so then he had to win it and then they started the 205 live thing so then it was like well fuck we need a big moment give the title rich swan and then it was like well finally we found neville he's ready to go so it was, all right put it on neville so just they it's just been unfortunate they've had to hot potato it a lot but Um, I like what they're like, I'm excited for Neville and Aries, like from an in ring standpoint, that might be the match I'm looking forward to most at WrestleMania is a Neville and Aries. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I think that could be a real sleeper match. I think it could end up being maybe the match of the night, but Mm -hmm. most likely just solid, solid match. Yeah, like, I'm I'm fucking excited, man. Especially if, like, if he's going to pull out, you know, some of the crazy shit. Like, if he just... There was, like, that um, German-released superplex that he did to Mustafa Ali mm-hmm. this week. Which, I thought that was a pretty good match overall, too. Not as good as um uh, the one with... Oh, Jesus Christ. TJ and Nice. But, um like, I thought it was a decent showing for Mustafa Ali. Like, you know, he got to look competitive even though he lost. But then Neville just, like being brutal as fucking, like, dragging him on the ground outside in front of Ares and be like, this is you. Like, this is gonna be you. Like, I thought that was perfect. That was a good moment. Yeah. Like, I think that's a moment they, if they do it right, that would be a really good moment for the video package. Yeah, you know, just, like, him dragging Gustaf Ali's body. Like, that's a, that's a good brutal image. Like, they don't do that a lot. No, they don't. I'm just, like, dragging a guy, like, a corpse behind you. Like, Fuck. That's savage. Like, can you imagine, like, if like if, if some guy, like, if me and you, say me and you were going to fight, like, next week. And Ooh. then this week, I'm fighting some guy, and I beat him to a fucking pulp. And I just, like, drag him on the ground in front of you. And I'm like, yeah, this is going to be you next week, bud. <laughs> That's intimidating as fuck. It is. So, I don't know. I like it. Anything else from 205 Live for you? Nothing for me. All right, let's finish out with some NXT then. I loved this show. All right, what did you think of the uh, Almas and Lorkin match? Surprisingly fucking good. <laughs> I mean, I'm a huge fan of only Lorkin, but seeing Almas hasn't like wowed me in a while, and this match was fucking great. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that spot, especially he was doing in the beginning where he would do the roll into the laying down. Yeah. Like <laughs> I fucking love that. There there I, I love a lot of his little heel mannerisms. And I love Amos's like look now. He's definitely getting better with the he doesn't look ridiculous as much. <laughs> yeah. Like he's he's really starting to kind of figure out his look and his feel as far as a heel. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely an improvement over just like, hey, I'm a baby face. Cheer me, I guess. Yeah. And now it seems like he's finally like, okay, I'm going to give you a reason to hate me. Yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, as far as giving a reason to hate, like, I love that Asuka's heel turn is really slow. And it yeah, makes that's, tons of that's sense. That's my next note. It was, I think Asuka, like, was really like, hey, guys, I'm turning heel. Like, and it made it really official this week. Mm-hmm. Because beat the crap out of a girl, um. Then just cut the the promo in Japanese. It was, it was pretty heelish. Yeah, and I love that, uh, the way that she like you know, did that whole like uh, beat the girl up, go to pin her, and then like break herself out of the pin like on purpose. Yeah. like, I'm not done with you yet. And that she did it not just in a way that was like disrespectful to her opponent, but she was like rubbing it in the crowd's face, of mm-hmm. like fuck you. Like, I don't care what you guys think. I don't care if you want me to win or what to do in this match. Like I decide when this match ends and look what I can do. Like, yep. I love it. And, and it's too, like it, it has been kind of slow. Cause like, she's done a little bit of that sort of stuff before. There's been a little bit of that more like arrogance over time. Like she didn't shake Mickey James's hand afterwards and like always talking about how she was better. And then uh, like the other week that like very Ric Flair esque promo, like, it's been good i love it that's just the she came in she's like i want to fight because i'm really awesome and i'm the best and over time she's like man like i am the best nobody's on my fucking level (laughs) it's just like this natural arrogance yeah that like makes sense to the point it's like yeah like why wouldn't she be this arrogant at this point like how could you not be with how much she's just dominated yeah, and it works to go against Amber Moon's babyface character right now. hmm So yeah, I'm I'm fucking excited for that match too. That's definitely on my top list for that NXT show. hmm. Uh I also thought DIY and Revival cut great promos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was a really fun sort of exercise to like it, it felt very um it felt a lot less scripted to me. Yeah. Like, it almost felt kind of just like an, an improv exercise. Guys would be like, all right, like, tell us why you think your tag team could beat the Authors of Pain. Mm-hmm. they hmm like, all right, this is our, you know, in-character promo. And uh, DIY being able to bring out the whole, like, we have fun with this and really show it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Right. Yeah, like, it actually kind of made sense of, like, oh, yeah, like, why do baby faces act the way that they do? Yeah, you because, know, like, I feel like there's just a lot of things that, like, characters do that either don't go explained or just kind of don't make sense sometimes. And, like, for baby faces, like, why do they take those kind of moments to, like, cheer out to the crowd and do shit like that? Because, like, oh, yeah, like, they're supposed to be having fun with it. Like, because I feel like there's just a lot of times where they almost, um, from an in-character perspective, it's, like, they don't acknowledge that they're people when they're in the ring. It's like, oh yeah, when I go out to the ring, all I'm doing is fighting and trying to like kill the fuck out of this person. But then like they go out there and they don't always act like that. So I liked that they were kind of like, oh yeah, like you know, we go out there and we cheer with the crowd and yeah, you know, we have fun with it. So I was like, oh yeah, because that is what you do. <laughs> like it's not like I say that I'm all business and then I go out there like because like we Cena, he never goes out there and it's like yeah, you know I like to just have a great time in a match and cheer you guys on and have a good time, but like every fucking match, he does spots like the fucking five-knuckle shuffle, which is like dicking around and fucking with the crowd. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So I liked that they were kind of honest in that way. Yeah, and I think it gets them across better to the crowd. Mm -hmm. And what did you think of the uh, debut of Ruby Riot? I loved it, and I thought it was the perfect timing, too, because you just had the weeks of... Uh, sanity, getting the upper hand, you think that's going to happen again, and bam, then you get the equalizer. Mm-hmm. And it was, I liked the booking too of this match. Like, you know, they were like, all right, well, how do we beat their numbers and stuff? Yeah, you know, obviously they you know, matched the numbers, but then it was like, past that, Uh, yeah, we're going to just fucking hold a guy in the corner and do a lot of rapid tags. Like, it was interesting, like, weird reverse tag team psychology because normally that's what the heels are doing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it was kind of interesting to have the heel in peril instead of the baby face in peril. <laughs> yeah, finally. But it made sense, because it's like, yeah, that's what you gotta do. Especially because, like, they had fucking big old Killian Dane, who apparently takes all three of them to beat, like, to get out of the ring, because that was, like, their whole last segment, right? was all three of them just, like, dang-fucking yeah, get... him. Yeah, exactly. Which was the logical thing, right? Like, Oh, each of us can take out the other two guys, but then we need um we need the three of us together to take out Killian. Yeah. And I, I like that uh detail of it too, because it kind of allows them to still be the underdogs, I guess, going into this four on four match, I'm assuming, at takeover. Uh yeah. That's what I think is gonna happen. Yeah. And uh yeah, then no, I'm I'm guessing uh we'll finally have that victory over sanity. Which finally. I'm trying to think, like, what would be the best way to do it? I, I assume, really, if they want to finally just completely finish up and close the book on this feud, then Ty Dillinger we need to get the pin on uh, Eric Young. <coughs> <laughs> but I could also see Ruby Wright getting the pin on Nikki Cross as far as, like, a debut thing. Yeah. I could see any of the any of the faces pin- pinning into the heels, really. I suppose. I don't know. I guess in my mind, it's like, that's the moment that we want to see, though, right? If we want to see Ty Dillinger pin Eric Young. Like, that's the yeah. specific moment we want to see. Yeah, definitely. Although, actually, you know what? I'm, I'm still going to say that overall I'm satisfied and that I'm complete as a person, but on that other little tiny piece of me that still has one thing, that I'm not going to feel totally satisfied with WWE until I see someday. I need to see Cody Rhodes become the WWE champion. (laughs) I don't think that WWE's story is complete until that happens. I think maybe I'm okay with it if it never happens in general, because I think that Cody is starting to evolve more as a person that he could eventually be okay if it never happens. But like, as far as WWE's, like, overall saga and story that just spans, like, hundreds and hundreds of people and decades of time, like, Cody Rhodes needs to become world champion. Yeah, and he is killing it right now in yeah. every single promotion that he's in. Yeah, like, he's doing fucking well. So I think probably, yeah, within the next couple of years or something, they'll they'll probably want him to come back and maybe he'll want to come back by then. Probably. Especially if, you know, they're thinking, like, alright, you've perverted yourself. We'll take you more seriously. <laughs> we can push you to that, that kind of main event level. We understand finally, now. We understand that we were wasting your potential now. We screwed up. <laughs> we kept you a stardust way too long, and uh, fucked up in a lot of other times. Like, I think that would be a really great story. As far Mm -hmm. as, like, unless you were just, like, to create a new character and create all sorts of, like, just new shit to come up with, like, as far as, like, the uh, unfinished existing storylines within WWE, that, to me, is kind of, like, the greatest long-term ultimate redemption storyline of Cody Rhodes. After a couple years on the indies, he comes back to WWE to finally fulfill his father's legacy and become the world champion. Like, Especially just because, like, from all the different, like, wrestling lineages and characters to, like, be the son of, like, to be the son of Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, like, that's the fucking perfect character. Like, I'm trying to think of this as, like, a, like a comic, like, universe and stuff. It's, like, that's the perfect, like, Uncle Ben, like, Jor-El, like, perfect, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi guy to be, like, the spawn of. hmm And it's, like, man, Cody Rhodes is just the guy. He's the guy. They need to make him the world champion. I'm such a mark for him. You
1: are. <laughs> but it's a good thing. A,
0: but he's so good. Yeah. And like I said, he's killing it right now. I think he's really expanding himself as a heel right now. Mm. Like, his heel work was good in WWE, but I think he's taking it to a whole nother level. Yeah, because now he's finally letting, he's finally able to do what he wants to do. Yeah, exactly. That, that almost kind of seems to be like the perfect recipe for becoming a great heel, isn't it? That it's like, all right, take all of the training wheels off. Take all of the you know, shit I can't do off. You do you and really sink into it. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of where you find that ultimate heel shit because it's like a heel is ultimately like completely selfish and self-obsessed. And it's like, all right, go into yourself. Find the heel. <laughs> exactly. All right. I think that's going to do it for us this week. Yeah. All right. That'll do it. <laughs> That'll do, Peg. That'll do. Uh, on social media, catch us at uh, Super Smart Brothers on Facebook, at Smart Brothers on Twitter, and super smart Brothers at gmail.com. And rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, and our original home of Podbean. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. And uh, I'm assuming probably next week we'll go through. Predictions and shit for TakeOver and Wrestlemania. And then after that... Six hours of Wrestlemania. Oh my gosh. Is it six hours or it's seven hours? Something like that. I think it might be seven. (laughs) Fuck, it might be eight. Is it going to be a five hour regular show and then three (laughs) hour pre-show? The show itself is four hours. Okay. The wrestling part. The pre-show... I think it's two, so that's why I'm going with six. But I could be wrong. I think you're wrong, but we'll see. I hope you're right. (laughs) I hope it's only six hours. (laughs) Only six hours. Jesus Christ. (laughs)